Welcome back, everyone. I promise. This is the last time I'll say that today because if you've been here with me since three o'clock, then thank you for keeping the most suitable of company with me tonight. I'll be heading back into regular programming next week. Big, big, big thank you, by the way, to Paul and Alu Samosa for supporting the show via Patreon, where you can chip in a few dollar dues and we can be friends with benefits. Paul, Alu Samosa, thank you guys. You're the best. My next guest is a Melbourne-based live electronic artist that recently came to my attention after her contribution called Heirlooms to Melbourne's Love Above compilation, Home by 909, out now on Love Above Records Bandcamp. Do check it out. She's a Chilean Mauritian that's dedicated to her craft of composition on synths and drum machines, having had the pleasure of performing live at the Gasso Workers' Club, Bar 303, Yama Festival, and the Industrique, and was recently set to play our favorite COVID super spreader, Let Them Eat Cake, although she had to pull out due to health reasons. On mixes, she had her powers procured by groups like Era 404, Olivus on Kiss FM, and Flux's USBBs, and she had a remix or two for the likes of previous guest Indisha and the very cool Arland Bialo. She's also affiliated with the city's coolest place to learn production, aka Mess, and she's part of the volunteer group behind the scenes for Acid Slice, so you can bet she's been a busy bee when necessary. However, as of late, things have taken a turn for the young producer, as she's set to become a mother very soon, so that's very exciting stuff. Let's thank her for taking the time out of her literally creating life to have a chat with me tonight, folks. My guest is none other than Vanessa, aka Vessa. Hey, Vessa, welcome to the show. How are you going? Hello. Yes, I'm good. <laughs> thanks for the intro. Of course. I'm, I'm, and thanks for having me. Of course. It was very long and I, I do apologize for help having you exercise your patience how are you going these days uh with this pregnancy right now yeah good um pregnancy is wild yeah like um <laughs> yeah it's it's pretty hectic like i don't know obviously like this pregnancy was a choice it was a decision um and i was really excited and i'm i couldn't be happier that um you know, we're, we're privileged enough to be able to create life together, my partner and I. But um, the toll that it has taken on, like, my mental state, oh. my energy levels, like, my body, it's just been insane. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so it's, like, it's pretty interesting, like, as much as I'm super thankful and, like, really stoked, there's just a bit of, like, my physical state and my Myself, I guess my identity is in a bit of a um, a shifting place at the moment and just kind of like coming to terms with my my changing identity and um, I guess the future and how that's going to impact all the things that I do. Mm. Um, yeah, just thinking a lot about that. Um, it's been quite confronting but really exciting. Yeah, it's been really interesting um, because usually with like my creative um, pursuits, it's very like active, like I'm in a very active role and I'm right. thinking about what I'm doing <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I'm achieving things or like putting tasks in place to get things done and work work towards things. Mm -hmm. Whereas in this role, I'm quite passive. I'm, I'm not actively doing things, but my body is doing so much constantly. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, it's been a really um, a new way for me to think about creation or creativity mm -hmm. in general as well, mm -hmm. like the what your body is doing behind the scenes um and how creative it can be without your active involvement it's yeah, yeah that's been really an interesting thing that i've been thinking about lately <laughs> there's, there's a lot in there that i do want to touch on um later on in this interview but let me just ask because i've always been curious about this is it true that you're like eating for two at this point um no it isn't really a lot of people do say that right. i think you're only supposed to have like an extra like 300 calories a day which is like Mm. a sandwich or something um damn. damn yeah so it's not really like <laughs> yeah it's not really eat a lot and i think there's also there can be like health issues associated with um like overeating as well so you actually do oh. have to be a bit on top of what you eat but i don't, I don't know like that's what the health experts say. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I'm just hungry. Like <laughs> I just want to eat. So yeah, what, I have. I, I do eat. Um, quite what are your cravings? <laughs> what are your cravings? I know that uh, pregnant people get super weird cravings. So tell me about the weirdest things you've been eating recently. Yeah, I haven't really had like any bizarre cravings. I just crave like mm -hmm. yum stuff. I think at the start, the first trimester is actually the most hectic because um, 
your body's changing so rapidly and mm. it, you just feel like crazy low. Like I was exhausted um, for th- like three months straight, literally like in bed watching Grey's Anatomy like for hours just because I, I couldn't do anything else and I couldn't handle an intense TV show. Like I just needed Why? something Why? something shit and like just bland, like just physically so drained. Like I just can't handle anything oh, um no. because you, yeah because your body's building like i don't know I, I think i don't know why i never ever thought about this but like with creating a baby it's like your body's literally building it from scratch so it's like taking mm. a lot out of you like yeah. a lot of energy from you in order to create this thing so yeah that that at that moment i just felt like really lethargic and just drained but all the doctors are like oh yeah that's normal i'm like holy shit like i feel <laughs> depressed and like crap or whatever <laughs> Thanks. Um, but yeah, during that time, I I didn't think that I had cravings. I was just like eating a lot of junk food and I felt like it was just because I was tired. But now that that period is kind of like past, I can reflect on it and say like, yeah, I was craving all sorts of shit. I was like eating like noodles, um, which like, I don't know. I love noodles anyway, but it's not like I think about them every day. Like how it's like every day I want have? noodles. How much, Bruh, how much Maccas? N- no, I'm ashamed of how much <laughs> Maccas I ate. It was awful. But like, and and like, I don't know. I was like, I want to eat healthy because I'm like building a person and I feel like crap, like junk food's not going to make me feel better. But mm. it's like, I just needed like comfort food. And also with the nausea, like you feel oh. so sick thinking about eating like vegetables and fruits because it's like mushy. It was just like that is the last thing that I want to ingest. Really? It's that, yeah, it was just the thought of it made me feel sick because my stomach was so unsettled. Whereas like eating stuff that was like r- maybe richer or like um, mm. more carbs, like more fats, that was like really appealing to me. And then at yeah. some point I was just craving like salty broth. I was like, Ooh, I need like a yeah. ramen. Yeah. I just like I need something just like super salty. And um, yeah, like – I don't know. That was a bit weird. I craved sponge cake. Sponge cake, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Lately, I've just been craving sugar. Cake. Yeah. yeah. I-, I wish I was eating a lot more sponge cake than I am. But, <laughs> yeah. Well, you can't even have coffee nowadays because um, you, I, we were talking about this before the interview started, but um, coffee seems to screw up with the uh, – sorry, screw up the baby's development or something like that, right? Yeah. I guess like um, – a, a lot of these things that like, oh, pregnant women shouldn't eat this, they shouldn't eat that. Mm. It's like a lot of the research that they've done is like there could be a risk of this. So it's not like if you eat this, this is going to happen, mm. but it's just like to mitigate risk. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, coffee is one that they recommend that you don't have or you have like one cup a day. Um but even that, like, I don't know. They say it's not one cup a day. It's like a certain amount of milligrams of caffeine. But there's caffeine in other stuff. Like if I'm eating chocolate, then there's like caffeine or I don't know. So, yeah, I've, I've tried not to have too much. I've tried to have like decaf and whatever. But kind of sucks because like you can't have wine. I can't have no. like party favors. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, I don't know, like sometimes – when I go out or like after a long day, like yeah. hanging out with people, it's just like I just want to be perked up and yeah, I, I just that. have to exist. Yeah. <laughs> I just have, I to, have to accept to... my physical state as it is. Like Damn. how unfair. Who who wants that? <laughs> no one. <but laughs> um, did you did you stay sober uh, while you were conceive? Well, in the process of conceiving or trying to conceive? Uh no. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't. Well, because like my partner and I, when we were like thinking about having a kid, like I really, I really wanted it to not be this like hectic thing where we're like, I'm ovulating, like it's go time. Because like there's some people that are like that. And I guess like the older you get, like you do need to Mm. do that if that's what you really want. But I kind of like wanted us to go into it like we'll just keep doing our thing. Mm. And if it happens, it happens. Um. I don't, didn't want to be – I didn't want to think about it too much or put any pressure on us because mm. I think like, you know, some people really struggle to conceive. It takes like, yeah. you know, it can take years or sometimes it doesn't happen at all. So I think I just wanted to not um, focus on it so much just in case like, <laughs> you know, it's not a given like yeah. for every woman to be able to um, – yeah, or every person with ovaries to be able to conceive – um, so 
That's yeah, true. like I think I was just trying to um, go with the flow. So, yeah, I wasn't sober. I remember like um, <laughs> just before, <laughs> like when I found out that I was pregnant, yeah. I was like, I can't believe that I just smoked my last joint yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> no. I was the like, devastation. Oh my God. The devastation. Yeah. <laughs> like I couldn't even like savor it. Like I don't know. Yeah. I feel like. I feel like for my partner it's different because, like, you know, he knows, like, when the baby's coming, mm. when the due date is going to be so he can, like. He can just do what he wants. You know, like, vibe and then, like, know when it's time to kind of, like, put it, the things aside and, I don't know, like, mentally prepare for it. Whereas mm. it was just like, nah, bitch, like, <laughs> it's go time. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So it was a, it was a rude awakening of, of sorts. Yeah, I'm missing the the sesh. I miss the shenanigans, but that's okay. <laughs> that being said, that <laughs> it was being my said, choice. <laughs> I'm interested to know. I mean, do you think that you'll continue um, at some point, maybe even restart the sesh after the baby's born? Um. Yeah. What are your thoughts? <laughs> yeah. 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 For sure. <laughs> I think like I don't know. I plan to be like responsible. Obviously, like I'm not gonna just like leave her at home and just yeah, like, like be in the club every day. Mm-mm. Yeah, but even like I think like my general appetite for that kind of stuff anyway is just like to enjoy my time with my friends or like heighten the experience of being out at a, um, an event that I really love, like to, you know, enhance the music even though it, like it doesn't really need it, but, you know, it just it does help. Um, so I think like, uh, yeah, I do plan on continuing the sesh, <laughs> but like I've, I'm hoping that our home can be a, a sesh-free haven. <laughs> yes, yes, of course, of course. <laughs> For the child. <laughs> and not kick-ons at yours. <laughs> yeah, no kick-ons at mine, unfortunately. Yeah. But yeah, I think like as well, I don't know. Um, yeah, I grew up like in a pretty strict household. Not that like it's very common for like parents to be cool with that kind of thing. No. Um, anyway, but um, I think like it's kind of like inevitable for kids to be interested in that stuff. So I'm kind of like, I'm trying to figure out like what my approach that thick, that kind of thing is going to be like, how hard can I really be on well, well, a kid for that kind of thing? Let's start with your upbringing. So uh, I know that you were brought up in church, which is, mm. to me, incredibly interesting because I, mm. I personally never had that experience. I was born and raised Buddhist. Um, but almost every... Sorry, not almost every, but a lot of brilliant musicians that I really look up to and admire all came from the church. And I look at that and I'm like, there's something there. There's something br- brilliant happening at church. Um, mm. Was your upbringing very much revolving and centered around church or was that just sort of like a part of your uh, upbringing that was somewhat strict in a way? Um, yeah, I think like in my family – and maybe like the circles that I grew up with in church, like maybe the specific place that we went to to go to church or the those kind of communities, it was like Pentecostal. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is kind of like your entire world needs to be engulfed in everything to do with God, everything oh. to do with church. Um, so, yeah, it was it very much was like my entire identity growing up and within my family is centered around church Mm -hmm. um i'm yeah no longer like interested in that kind of thing anymore but definitely was growing up and i definitely thought that that's who i was as well Mm. um so yeah it wasn't like a part of my life it was my entire life um wow and yeah so that's it's pretty hectic um like when i think about it now i'm just like i don't know like it's it's pretty crazy like are we we um, talking church on sundays and wednesdays or just sundays yeah, so um, so the main church thing was on Sundays, mm-hmm. but um, my parents. So this is where like the a music kind of link um, comes in. But my parents are like quite musical. Like they, um, my mom would like worship lead in the church, so that's like Whoa. leading the wow. the group of people like singing. Yeah, um, yeah. and my dad was like. Uh, the music team leader as well at church um, at like a Spanish speaking church. Uh Um, And they'd been kind of doing that together for years. Um, And like, so it was kind of inevitable that the kids would join and, um, you know, do what they were doing as well. Um, So I started kind of like playing music in church. I would have been like maybe 14. What what do they put you on? Do they put you on the organ or the piano? 
Um, I was playing the keyboard, but yeah. um, yeah. But like, I I like I learned violin like when I was quite young. Like, I don't know. I think it was like six or something when I started learning the violin, and then um, I really hated the lessons and stuff. And then we just had like a keyboard at home, and I kind of was bucking around and I, I played it. My I just like kind of learned myself. Mm. Um. But like, you know, because my parents are musical, there was like guitars around, there was all sorts of things happening. So it was, it was just kind of like there was instruments around and I was just picking things up. Um, and yeah, then like at church when I sort of like got a little bit older and there, there was like a need for um, we, like we needed a keyboard player. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, and my dad was like, oh, Vanessa, like <laughs> you can help us out, you know, like just do this, do that. And like I, I kind of like was forced to learn how to play for church. For God, um, even for though God. like I was I was mucking around, like I enjoyed like I enjoyed playing and stuff, but like I think, yeah, it was a bit of like I had to, but I was kind of interested anyway, but I didn't really want to play church music, but that's what was that's what the opportunity was. And at the same time, um my now husband, he was the drummer of the church. Bullshit. Um, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This so he's like a year and a half older than me. It's a romance um, from ages yeah. ago. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like 15 or something when we first started um, hanging out. So like I started playing the keyboard and then I saw this sexy drummer and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I feel like um, it's cool because like Daniel's also like really musical. Um, yeah. So he's a drummer and he plays the bass as well. And Ooh. I guess like we both grew up doing those kinds of things together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like then it's kind of just always been a part of my life. And I guess like what you were saying before about how like a lot of, um, musicians that you like come from church. Mm -hmm. Like I can really see, um, how church could influence musicianship because I think you kind of like are exposed to like, you know, if you think that you're playing every single week, Mm -hmm. um, you have to rehearse, you have a new set of songs like every week that you have to learn. Um, You have to learn how to engage with the crowd. There's also engagement with the other band members. It's a lot more improvised than it is a performance. So I think there's all these little little skills that you sort of pick up like passively or they're just kind of a part of that type of gig Mm. um, that can be like developed over time. And um, I I definitely feel like a lot of my like music skills – um, some of them are really, yeah, rooted in um, church and then there's some things that maybe were detrimental to my um, music or my creative um, self. So the, there was a bit of a balance. What, what, what do you think was detrimental? Um, I think, uh, well, I think just um, it was maybe the mentality of the specific church. This is, this is what I'm saying. This is not like Christianity in general. Um, yeah, this is like my specific um, experience within the church that I grew up in. but. Um, it was very much like you your your talents are for God and they're not for anything else. Oh. Um okay. So yeah, so the idea that you could go like play there, there you know, there were some of the people that were in the band and then they'd play like at a bar or something. <laughs> and like people would just be like, Oh my god, I can't believe that they did that or they'd play for like a, a group and the singer was like, you know, looking cute and sexy as she should. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, then people would kind of talk and it's just not like um, very accepting to all forms of musicality or like. There's no gossip like church gossip. Yeah, legit. (laughs) Um, So there's like a bit bit of that, but it's more of an undertone. Like it's not like anybody said anything specifically to me, but I guess like um, that kind of like thinking that your creativity is only for God it's not for you. Mm. It's not for you to express anything other than your love for Christ. Um, I think that that is not really cool because I think like creativity is just like innate in every human being mm-hmm. at some capacity, mm-hmm. uh, regardless of your spiritual connection. Um, I think, yeah, like that. That's what that's what I think. I don't think creativity is like. Oh, sorry. But looking at it from a Christian's <laughs> a hardcore Christian point of view. Mm. One could make the argument, and, and and I'm only playing devil's advocate. I, um, obviously, ironically here, but I'm only playing devil's advocate here. A hardcore Christian might make the argument that yes, creativity is innate in most, if not all, humans. But if God created humans, then perhaps that creativity is His, and thus that yeah. creativity should be used for Him. But 
Exactly. It's, it's, a, it's a funny <laughs> I, little cycle. I can't argue with that. But, <laughs> but then, yeah. uh, I, I suppose after all these years of performing um, only for God and um, in the church uh, with your sexy drummer boyfriend, Daniel, um, <laughs> when did this all go sideways in terms of straying from the path of God or straying from the path of church music? What happened? Um, I think like I just got to a point personally where I didn't really feel connected to um, what was happening at church and I felt like like my sense of self wasn't really like accepted at church or like I just felt like I couldn't really be myself or again it was just it was more undertones or like things that were quite subtle mm. but like for example like I was really interested in electronic music um I hadn't really like started to get into it at all um but I think like you know whenever I'd kind of like talk about it at church there'd be a there's a bit of like I don't know I think it was a specific church that I went to but there was a bit of like a um like put down on that kind of style of music because everything that we did at church was like acoustic and like like electronic instruments are like are not real yeah kind of thing like you know in real instruments very like boomer mentality yes yeah yeah it was a bit like backwards but yeah not very progressive in general um there was like there was a lot of like spirituality stuff that I still enjoyed but I just felt like I was not there like I wasn't I was questioning like I guess like the type of church that I went to if God is everything your entire life is for God it's like how much of it is for you mm. you know like your job is for God the conversations that you have needs to be for God you're supposed to be winning disciples for Christ and mm. um, some people have said that there's some places where it's a bit more progressive now um, which is cool but like yeah, it just wasn't at the time and I just didn't feel like my identity aligned with a lot of the things that were happening in, in church, both like personally but also like creatively. Um, yeah, is, I felt like… Pentecostal, is that uh, Old Testament or New Testament? What are you guys, what are you guys reading? Yeah, it's um, yeah, both the Old and New Testament, like more of a focus on the New Testament. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like… It's got a lot to do with like the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues and speaking in um, tongues. There's like, yeah, there's what? like a there's like a more of a. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> this, this is a cult. This you heard a, me. This ain't a church. This is a cult. Well, yeah. Shit. Oh, wow. I used to speak in tongues. Bullshit. Right. Not, what? Yeah. What happened? How does that happen? Tell me about this. Well, like this is what I don't understand because like I don't really believe in God anymore, but I do believe that like as human beings like we can sort of like manifest things that we're like feeling mm. and like like quite intensely. Um, so I, I don't know. That's that's the other thing is like, you know, we did experience like certain feelings in church, but like how much of it is conjured by the human being or what's ingrained in your biology to try and access some kind of divinity mm -hmm. or, or like faith or spirituality that brings comfort. Like how much is like your body and how much is something outside of your body? I don't know. Whoa. That's where, like, I, I actually don't know. Like, I'm not saying that there's one or the other because there's obviously, like, so many religions and everybody gets something different out of them. Can, but, can, like, can, you, can you potentially remember an experience where you actually spoke in tongues? Like, like what was going through your head at the time that was happening? It's like, um, well, because in the Bible it talks about, like, how, like, there's, like, rivers um, – like the Holy Spirit is like like rivers kind of like flowing from you. Mm -hmm. So it kind of like in a weird way feels like that, like from your from a stomach is like you kind of feel like, um, yeah, something like deep in your core is kind of like bubbling up. Yeah. Um, and then you sort of just l allow it to kind of come out and then um, you're sort of speaking in tongues. And like, yeah, I think it, it was one of those things that they would say that the more you do it, the more that you – um, it becomes more natural. So like at the start you feel kind of silly or whatever, but then eventually like it kind of becomes um, like second nature to be able to do it and like turn it on. Wow. Um, when when you need to. Um, but it's also not something that like you should force. Like there, there's like ways that you can go about it, but you're not supposed to like force it. It's like the Holy Spirit like speaking through. And then there were like times where um, 
somebody would be speaking in tongues and another person would come and interpret what they'd say because they would prophetically understand it or somebody would think that they're speaking in tongues and then they're actually speaking another language that they'd never spoken before and another person would, yeah, there's all stuff like that. Wow. Like, um, yeah, like I don't know. Like I legit saw miracles and stuff but I still don't know. (laughs) (laughs) There's still still some reasonable doubt. But do you have a – Yeah, it's still not for me. Do you have a relationship with God at all nowadays? Uh, nah, nah, I don't think Spirituality? so. Spirituality? I think, I think sometimes like I, um, I think just for me, like, because I grew up with it to be like so all encompassing and that there was no existence of myself alongside God or like the things that I do, you just like constantly like walking on eggshells, everything you do. Mm. Like, I, I think that's just not a way that I wanted to live. Like I was just in constant anxiety all the time that I would say the wrong thing or like, not represent the right thing of, about God to other people. And I think it's it's not that I'm not spiritual or that I don't believe in spirituality at all. Obviously I experienced all of those things. Um, but I think it's more of, for me, it's more of an active choice to not engage with any of that because of how all-encompassing it was to me. And for me, like now my spiritual practice is like being creative and outworking mm. the things that are within me um either like visually or musically um like i f- i feel like that's like a meditative practice that's a spiritual thing for me hell yeah um to connect with something that is real and is within me and i can't describe it you know like that that to me is spiritual but like in terms of god and jesus and the holy spirit like um i think that it's yeah uh, I don't want to invite that into my life again. It's not, um, yeah, it's not something that, like, my, you know, my brother still does it and, like, yeah, my, um, yeah, a lot of my family are, like, still going to church and stuff. I actually hope that they don't listen to this but because um, <laughs> I don't think anybody really knows that, like, I'm really not into church anymore. What, and I'm, what about, like, what about Daniel? But, Is he into it? Does he still go? Nah. So, like, yeah, I think we're both, like, on the same page with that stuff mm. like I think because we both grew up it's, it's really cool like because he's yeah he's Chilean as well I'm half Chilean like we both grew up in the same kind of church so there's like a lot of things that we can like see eye to eye and like un- just be understand it's like we know what's up mm. um and I think yeah we both sort of like felt that like yeah can't really be yourself um that there's a lot of like pressure to be or do the right thing um and the right thing might not feel the same for you but you kind of have to adhere to it anyway because you need to be a leader and you need to like be an example to everybody around you and it just creates like a constant anxiety. Um, But yeah, and I think it has more to do with church culture than it does with religion or like with a sacred text, Mm -hmm. to be honest. Like it's a human being's interpretation of a text at this point in time. So yeah, but yeah, like yeah, Daniel and I are, yeah, on the same page, not really into it anymore. I think like yeah, now we're having a kid. I think, you know, if she wants to learn how to pray, I'll teach her if she's interested in that stuff because she might hear it from my family. Mm-hmm. I'll tell her about it. Like I'm not going to taint it for another person if that's what they're interested in, but I know m- what my experience was and that's my choice. So. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Mm-hmm. But what about um, what about when you first started to actually make electronic music? Um. Was that soon after you left church or was that actually on the tail end of you leaving church? Yeah, it actually was on the tail end of me leaving church and it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of messed up, but oh, not messed right. up, but like I I just feel kind of bad. But um <laughs> so like the music leader of the last church that I was at, um he was actually really into electronic music as well, oh. but probably more um more like uh I guess like like Jamie XX, like Clo. I was hoping um, you'd say like, like Ghetto Tech or something like that. <laughs> oh my god, I wish. But yeah, like he was just interested in like electronic music yeah, yeah, and yeah. just like creative stuff. But he was also like he's an amazing musician. Um, so he would like buy like synths and stuff. And um, I don't know how I found out, but like, yeah, I kind of like got that he was into that kind of thing. And then he he was like starting to write. Um, music as well. Um, so yeah, he had a few bits of music gear and he was writing some like cool electronic music. And at that time I was singing in the church. So, um, he asked me to like sing on some of his tracks. 
um, yeah, so we were kind of like trying to do a bit of a duo project, but um, yeah, like the, the the tracks are cool. Like I yeah, I still kind of like them, but I think like um, now I'm not like I'm not really a, a singer so much anymore. Like I I'll, I'll use my voice sometimes in samples or whatever, but like I, I'm not interested in being a singer anymore. V- um, and I think at that time I I'm I, sorry, Vessa. Where, where can we find these tracks? Where can we find these tracks? Oh, um, <laughs> on Spotify, um, the name is Chimes, but like C H I S M E. S, mm-hmm. so like chismes or chimes. Tell me, do we have one taste when all the oceans separate? Tell me, do we have one taste when all the oceans yeah, so that's me singing. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I did not not do any musical contribution. <laughs> um, but but yeah, that that got me really interested in electronic music. Yeah, right. Um, and then um yeah, and then you started just solo, or did perhaps even you work with Daniel um, at the start to sort of make some stuff? Uh, how did it all go with Ness? Even yeah, um, so yeah, after that. Like I think when I was working on those tracks because I wasn't interested in being a singer um, and I wanted to contribute to the music but I didn't really have the vocabulary or like the skills or the, the, you know, I wasn't able to describe what I wanted to achieve. I was like I really need to just like get into it and like learn and I was just always interested in synths and stuff anyway. Um, So, um, yeah, I just started like getting some music gear and like learning and just doing tutorials and picking it all up because – I was kind of like frustrated that I couldn't contribute at that level when I felt so connected to the sounds Mm. um, as opposed to lyrics and vocals. Um, So that's when I started sort of getting into it. Um, In terms of making music with Daniel, that's like not a thing. (laughs) Really? Um, Yeah. Like I think we're we're really different. Like he is um, more into like um, like near soul, like Mm -hmm. R&B, that kind of thing. Um, and he's really amazing at it. He loves like Afro beats and stuff, but like, yeah, he's got more of that, um, laid back kind of like drumming mm-hmm. style. Um, yeah, he's a really amazing drummer and he does lots more like session type work with oh, people. Wow. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He's very good then. Yeah. Yeah. He's done a handful of things. Like he, he doesn't, um, do a lot of it. It's just, like still very much like a side hustle thing, but, um, yeah, he, that's more his thing. And then whereas like I'm very like free flowing and <laughs> like, yeah, so there's been times where I've been like, let's jam, let's let's try and do something. And then he's like, okay, what should we do? I'm like, I don't know. Like, let's just, let's just <laughs> yeah. feel what we feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, maybe, maybe I'll try this. I'll bring this in. And he's like, what the hell is going on? Like, he just like, <laughs> he like needs someone to be like, okay, like a straight four, four, like, yeah. I don't know, soft on the ride, whatever. Like, I don't know the terms, but like, he just needs like someone to just tell him like what to do and he'll do it and mm. he'll like get the vision. Whereas I'm like, I don't know what the vision is. Like, let's, let's build it together. Like, I don't know. Let's just feel it out. Let's just feel it. Yeah, <laughs> let's just vibe. <laughs> but um, have you ever yeah, been able to so. vibe with anybody um, musically with the Vesa project thus far? No, not really, to be honest. And I th- something that I like, I really want to tackle kind of next. Um, I think, like, yeah, because I am so like experimental with it, it's really hard for me. Like, I don't know. When I sit down and write something, I'm not like, okay, I'm going to try and do a techno track that's like this and these bits are going to go like that. It's very like, oh, like maybe if I like tweak this bass sound a little bit, like let's see what this LFO does. Holy shit. Okay, that sounds mad. Maybe (laughs) if it can come in like in an arpeggiator instead of like, you know, on every beat or something like that. And then I'm just kind of like building it as I'm thinking about what I'm making as opposed to like anything that's planned. So I don't really know how to collaborate with someone when like my process is just really bizarre. It's not bizarre, but it's like, it. I I don't know. I I wouldn't, I don't know how to communicate. Uh, with another person in the moment i suppose with it as opposed mm. to like you know trying to go along like some sort of roadmap or blueprint about like what you're trying to make um yeah 100 percent. i know that there's a lot of producers out there that try and do that um i find that the producers that do tune into what you're able to do often 
communicate that they have some higher satisfaction with the work that they make as opposed to the people that really stress about like okay like what kind of track or what kind of track am i making what kind of vp am i making it has to be five tracks you know that sort of thing um yeah so there might be something to be said about what you were talking about before with just having this very innate creativity um i had a really interesting chat with uh, squid janini um about her interpretation of what it means to be creative and to like engage in music and to create music. Her idea of it was that um, she believes that everyone has the ability to pull music or musical ideas from the ether, mm. like essentially just like the atmosphere around us or like, the, you know, the spiritual energy, um, whatever term you want to give it. But um, there are certain people in this world that for whatever reason, be it practice or innate ability, they have a higher propensity to be able to really tap into that ether and pull more from it and to create and communicate with it as opposed to, you know, someone that might be able to hit one really good idea every two years or something. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so perhaps you might have this ability, perhaps even thanks to church as well, for really tapping into this energy uh really smoothly and cleanly and with real confidence as well. I feel as though I feel, I feel a lot of that confidence from your music. Um, what do you feel about that in terms of creativity? Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I think that, um, yeah, perhaps it's so difficult for me to collaborate with another person on it because I'm, I judge the music that I make based on the emotions that I'm feeling at the time mm, mm. as opposed to, um, anything else like um, yeah I think I'm very uh, try to tap into my feelings and, and I guess when I say feelings I, I just mean something like in inside that's kind of like indescribable mm. um, which I think like sometimes you know when you're listening to music you can get that from another person's work like you can mm. be listening to it and just be like wow like I'm just feeling like really intense feelings or some people will be like oh I feel like I'm like speeding down a racetrack, you know, like yeah, they, they yeah, kind of like yeah, yeah. like feel the music in images. Like I feel it in emotions, um, yes. like whether it's like something that's that's heavy or um, something that's like really energetic and excited or whatever it is. Like I think that's how I judge what I'm creating and whether I'm enjoying it. So what's a, what's a track that's made you feel like really deeply and and heavily, you know, in that way? I think like. There's this one song by Caribou called Melody Day. Um, and it's this like really big, like psychedelic kind of, um, I don't know, it's got like these hectic drums <laughs> and like really beautiful um, like vocals. And um, I don't know, it just, it's, it's, it feels kind of like nostalgic. It, it's not very, I think like Caribou at that time was, um, experimenting with a lot more like psychedelic um music mm -hmm. um as opposed to electronics but had like synth bits in it that that was like quite intense mm -hmm. I, I don't know when i think about like I, I listened to that song on repeat for a long time um just because like it was just made me feel so intense um i just i just loved it it's just like it's like happy but like powerful i don't know <laughs> where, where, where was the first time you it, heard it where was the first time you heard it and and what was your reaction when you'd heard it at that time? I think the first time I heard it, like I I, I was just I just liked liked Caribou and would listen to his album Swim, um, or is it Odessa? No, no, it's Swim. Anyway, um, so I liked that album, and then I was kind of like discovering his older stuff, um, and I just put the album on and I just had it in my headphones, so it wasn't even like a. It wasn't like I was out someday and I like heard it. Yeah. Um, I was just like, I had it in my headphones and I was like, holy fucking shit, this is sick. And I would like listen to it every day on the way to work. Um, like while I was at work, I was like, oh my God, like I'm just feeling things. Mm -hmm. It's hectic. <laughs> and then, um, but then I remember I was at Pitch, um, that music festival, I think like, oh, maybe in 2020. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the last was that, one. Uh, yeah, that would have been 2020, yes. Yeah, and I um, I don't remember who was playing, but somebody just whipped it out in a set and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I was like, oh, this song is so sick and I can't believe there's someone out there that loves it enough to put it in. Like, I don't know, there's something about it that's so hectic and like feels, so, I don't know, 
I, I don't know where the link was to the other electronic music that was being played at the time. Like it was obviously like a club or, you know, like rave kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. And then he just whipped that out and I was like, oh my God, beautiful. Do you find that? Insane. Do you find that certain uh, bits of hardware actually help to pull out that creativity from you? Um, as opposed to like, yeah, I don't know. You, you can do stuff on a piano, but as soon as you pop yourself onto like a, a new synthesizer, you know, you get that like new gear feeling where you're like, oh yeah, I've got mm. heaps of ideas. Do you have that with your synths? Yeah, for sure. I think one thing that I really love um, about um, hardware synths is that um, is the physical kind of like connection that you have with a piece of gear that's been like designed mm. for you to experience it in that way and to create in a certain way. Like I really love that. Even when you disconnect with a synth, it's like it's because it's been designed in a certain way um, that would maybe connect really well with somebody else. So mm. I really love that like product design element of yeah. um, a lot of the synths that I use. So definitely I think um, there's been things that I've tried that I'm just like it's not for me. Um, but yeah, the, some of the bits of hardware that I really love are by Electron. Um, okay. They they do kind of um, like yeah, yeah a few different types of synths, but some of the cheaper ones that they have, um, or that maybe the mid range are the Electron Digitact and Digitone. Uh-huh. Um, so at the moment, I'm like obsessed with those two. Um, I a lot of people don't like Electron, or some people don't like it because it's quite menu divey. Like there's layers to the building yeah. um, of a track. Um, there's like yeah, kind of like menus that you need to go in to pick different things. But I think for me, that really works. Like the structural element of it is like really um really cool. Um, and the variety that you can put on like a sequence is really interesting. But then there's a lot of like um experimentation that you can incorporate with LFOs that they have, which are low frequency oscillators. So yes. they kind of like will modulate other things. Um, but then also they've got things like um, that you can reduce like the amount of steps in a sequence um, so that you can have like, I don't know, say if there's like usually it would be like a 16 step thing like that yep. would be like a standard like four four beats kind of thing mm-hmm. um but then if you reduce that and then you have the same thing going over it's like the rhythm is oh, in a it's different a place oh, yeah. yeah yeah so it's kind of unexpected you can do lots of things like that or you can have probability um on certain notes or Wait, certain what? sounds within a sequence so i could have something play 21% of the time and like just let it be and what? it'll just bring it in um in, yeah based on uh, i guess an algorithm uh, bringing in that note Holy kind shit. of thing wow yeah so i enjoy that because I, I enjoy like writing an interesting melody and then just having like certain sounds of it come in every now and then and whether mm. like nobody notices it it's just like i don't know i notice it i i've like feel the variety every but time it adds it a plays. Lot, right? it's like yeah i feel like those things are really exciting to me so i guess like for me um, since that are designed with like that a bit of unexpectedness that you can build into whatever you're making. Um, mm-hmm. I really love that. And I think like a lot of people love Eurorack for that reason, but that's something that I've not really um, gone down the rabbit hole with. Yeah, I, f- I feel like yet. everyone that's come out of mess is like huge on Euroracks and yeah. and all that. Yeah. Um, well, this uh, this episode is sponsored by Electron. Uh, for those who <laughs> are not aware, <laughs> I mean, actually, you know, if if things go really well, I mean, I I think they're going pretty well so far, even right now. But I mean, you could even talk to Electron, see what see what you could pull off with them. I don't know. Oh, mm. yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, what about what about drum machines? What drum machines are you using to replace the love of your life? <laughs> that is so funny um uh yeah at the moment i'm using a tr8s so that's like a a drum machine that's built by roland Mm -hmm. um but it's like a modern uh take so yeah roland have built like many drum machines over the years um and so a lot of like the classic sounds that you hear in dance music are like by Roland. There's like the 808s, mm. 909s, 606s even. Mm-hmm. Um, so the TRES has um, all of those kind of like classic sounds built in. Um, but it's also um, 
got the ability to have like samples added to it as well. So um, it's cool. You can, yeah, you have that like really like I guess classic sound, mm. which I think in some of my stuff that I've done over the past few months, like that that sound is kind of present in the yeah, drum yeah, patterns. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's a cool little machine. Nice. But, but, but. the mix that I'm making um, that I'm – just about to record for um, this series. Thank you, thank you. Um, I, um, I've been experimenting with drums on the Digitone. Um, the Digitone is an FM synthesizer and that has like blown my mind with the possibilities that you can sort of come up with in regards to like synthesis and like variety of the sounds. And oh. so like I've, I've created it's, – it's only got four um, sounds, yeah. like uh, – no, not four – four voices. Uh-huh. Um, but I've been able to like build pretty much all of the drum sounds for that mix on the Digitone alone. Oh, um, yes. Yeah. That's so, cool. Um, Yes, I'm really excited to share that. Oh, I've been like vibing it so hard. This is a new setup for me. So usually I use the TRS as my drum machine, but now I've I've just been experimenting with the FM synthesizer um, to kind of create those drum sounds uh, just oh. because, I don't know, I just wanted to spice things up. I'm so excited for this. I'm so excited. This is great. <laughs> I, I Like this is one of the things that I really enjoy about um, the way that you craft your mixes and your uh, live sets is that no – no mix that you've made is at all the same you mm. know in in a in a way there's so it's it's a new completely different uh train of thought when it comes to your creativity um and so i, I like that it's unique in that way and and i couldn't be happier that you're experimenting with a new setup with this um this <laughs> makes me feel so special i'm very happy about this um, yeah i'm really yeah. excited about it too i love it <laughs> <laughs> when do you uh how, how do you feel as though that the pregnancy has affected your creativity nowadays. Like I know that you were saying that you base what you create and what you feel off, you know, your emotions at the time. Pregnancy, from what I've heard, is an emotionally very turbulent time. And so hmm. uh, I wonder how that's affected um, what you're doing at the moment and where you feel your head's at right now. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, yeah, with the pregnancy, just because it takes so much out of you, I've been really like confronted what with my inability to be creative at times because I need to protect my like physical energy. Mm. Um, so that's been really um, difficult for me because I think creativity for me is like a really um, important thing to me. It's like a very big constant in my life that I'm just obsessed with and it also feels like who I am. So I feel like when I can't create, I question who I am. Um so there's been times where I haven't been able to be creative because I've been so exhausted that I'm like, I can't sit here and like turn, you know, the synths on and think about something, you know, I just feel so low. So there actually has been times where I've had to put it aside and just accept that and, oh, you know, accept yeah. that, you know, like there's a reason for this and um, it's okay, you know, like it's mm-hmm. – and I've just had to trust that like creativity is something that – means so much to me that it's never going to go away. So just because I can't create in this moment doesn't mean that it won't come back to me and that there's like seasons and, you know, I just do need to listen to my body at times. But then when I do feel um, the energy and I feel um, like I'm able to create, uh, yeah, I felt like in this mix that I've been putting together for you, like I've been – like I've used like a faster BPM than I normally would – um, and I feel like I've been wanting to have like more intensity and like more, um, I don't know how to explain it. Like, I think a bit more like power in the sounds. Um, yeah. Like whether that comes through to others, I'm not too sure, but like for me, that's how I felt when I was creating it. And I think as well, like another thing is that I really am missing the club, but I can't go to the club because it's very uncomfortable and like people are moving around and I just don't feel safe. Mm. Um, So, yeah, I think I've just been missing like being in an environment where like everybody's kind of like dancing and sweating and, you know, like feeling the same thing at the same time. Um, And I've just been kind of like imagining that 
place but like within myself kind of like mm, when mm. I was creating this set um, which I, I don't usually do like some, I think usually with my other sets like they're a bit more mellow or melodic because yes. I'm kind of at home and you know I'm just you know feeling feeling nice like or feeling relaxed but like lately I've, it's it's kind of like I've been frustrated but I've felt energetic but I felt low um, so I think in this set like I've tried to kind of or not tried but it's just kind of naturally happened that there's a lot of variety in the, um, I guess, the feelings that are being shared in there, but it's all kind of like intense and powerful, if that makes sense. This, to is, me. this <laughs> is a cathartic emotion dump, I feel as though you're making yeah. right now. And I'm so stoked because that's usually the best stuff, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Very much looking forward to that. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, please, like, uh, if you're still in the process of making it at the time of this recording, go fucking ham. Like just go as hard yeah. as you possibly can. I'm I'm very much a fan of um, very hard, fast, aggressive things. Um, also, you know, love the um, you know airy fairy mellow stuff as well. Uh, but you know, life needs a balance. You need a balance mm. of things. Um, yeah, definitely. And right now, my life has not been hard, fast, or aggressive at all. So oh. <laughs> this will be a nice way to um, go for it. Um, it, it before, you know, you were saying that creativity is a huge constant in your life. Like you're constantly, you know, in this mindset of I need to create or I want to create or I have something that I want to communicate. So, you know, this pregnancy has put a stop to that and it's made you feel kind of down about it. But um, does are you meaning to say that before this pregnancy, you were constantly creating? Like mm. you were always in this mindset? Yeah, pretty much. I think like... Um uh, it's just who I am. Like ever since I was really young, um, I was always like kind of in my room like like collaging and shit or just like making like sculptures or like drawing or painting or like writing or whatever. Like I don't know, I was always making things. Um, I think like I just need to do that. Mm. Um, and yeah, even like when I, I was growing up, I was kind of like – I. I want a job where I can just like make every day. Like I just want to create, I just want to draw. Um, but I don't know, I don't know what that is. And then when I found out like that graphic design existed, <laughs> cause I didn't really know that much about that. Like I think at school that they had maybe like a uni come and do a presentation on that. I was like, Oh my God, like I can create every day. Yeah. Like I can, um, I can make. So like then, then it kind of like led me down this path where like I do I, like my job is like, creativity um but then like outside of that I think if I don't have like personal creative outlets as well mm. I just I don't feel like myself um so yeah I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say like I'm not like an artist or anything so, like, I don't know I don't really know much about I think like I just create whatever <laughs> you know going going back to the graphic design thing like I was just gonna say that kind of reminds me of like you know if you're doing this for a job it's almost like how your creativity for music back in the day was for God, but now it's just for your boss. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh my God! I yeah. And so I know. I, <laughs> it makes sense that you'd want to have that personal outlet outside of work as mm. well, right? Um, yeah, for sure. Did you make that comparison while you were working uh, in your job at the moment? Um, not that specific comparison, but I did. F I have felt for like a long time that. I think it was a while ago. Like I think when I was working in I was working in advertising agencies, which like I don't know if anybody's ever heard about working in advertising agencies. It's not a vibe. I worked um, in a media agency uh, for a little while. Yeah, I know how shit oh, that yeah. is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it can be so shit. So yeah, I think during one of those times I was working for an advertising agency, I got really depressed because I was just like working and coming home and I just felt like shit all the time, like just selling my soul, selling fucking 11, like 7-Eleven um, sandwiches or whatever um with my creativity and I was like yeah like I need to dedicate myself more to making because it really does make me happy and I think I I thought that going into a creative job would um fulfill that but you know like when I was younger I didn't know I didn't know that like when you work you work for the man you don't work for you um so like um that that's when I kind of had to um be more dedicated to just being creative every day or as much as I can um, just purely for myself. And recently, this is quite personal, but I'm happy to share. Go for it. Um, my site kind of made a point that um, 
she was saying that it seems like my creativity is really like linked to a sense of like self-love for mm. myself because I think like I'm not like I'm not very good with like self-care or I don't buy myself nice things. I'm not like I don't know. I find it really hard to do those things for myself. Like I just feel like there's no need but also sometimes I feel like I don't deserve it um, but creativity when I when I make music or when I kind of – draw or make things at home um it's it's for me you know it's it's for me to see something that's inside me that I can't appreciate while I'm in my body Mm -hmm. um so when it kind of comes out and I have that there I'm just like you know I I love that like it brings me such a big sense of joy but yeah so I guess like with with work hang on um, hang on Vesa hang on (laughs) fuck fuck work Fuck work. I don't want to talk about <laughs> I was about just that. Trying, I was like, what was the question? I feel like I got on a no, tangent. No, 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 no. Here's, yeah. here's the thing. Here's the thing. What your mm. psych said is fucking great. I really like that because this is something that I really relate to as well. Like, mm. do you, when you create a song or you create a set, like a live, you know, mix or um, a live performance recording, I don't know about you, but I do because I, I, I very much relate to this feeling that you have here. Like, do you find yourself listening back to that quite a lot? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. As soon as I make something, I can't stop thinking about it. And I want to remember it. I want to feel it again. And then I put it on repeat for like days. And like I've been kind of like, am I just like showing off to myself? Like what the hell is happening? But when she said that, like it makes a lot of sense that I'm just like, wow, like Vanessa, you're beautiful. Yeah, you made this thing. Yes. Like yes, you know. Yes. Whereas usually, like I can't see that at all you know I don't I don't have that perspective on myself when I'm just going about my day even though I, I do things and people are like yeah good job like you know that was really great I'm like no I feel like shit <laughs> but that wasn't good but when I make when, I, when I'm creative for some reason like I can see my worth it's yeah, yeah. and and the content yeah. that you make like e- even if it's just a song you look at that and you're like fuck like I'm beautiful. You know what I mean? Like I'm mm. awesome. You know, you look at that, this thing that you made and yeah. and you can't believe that you made it, you know? And it just I makes know. you feel good about yourself. Yeah, um, 100%. Yeah, I, that definitely. I, I wonder if this I'm glad is, that you can relate to that. Yeah, of course. I mean, I, I, I can only really assume that a lot of creatives, uh, well, I can't assume really, but I would hope that a lot of creatives that do what, you know, you do or I do, whatever that may be, kind of feel in a similar way. It's, Mm. it really is like, you know, the reason why we're all so interested in music, in my opinion, um, you know, whether it might be for, you know, external reasons of like fame or like, I just really like to do this or I just really like to do that or whatever. Like, I think when it really comes down to it, the reason why we're all in this is because when we do something musical, when we perform live, when we create music, when we perform with other people, it makes us feel fucking great about ourselves, you know? Mm. Like, it's our way of feeding the ego, which is, I know that there's a big stigma against ego these days, and I totally get it. I understand it. But ego is what keeps us alive. Ego is what keeps us from necking ourselves every single day because we look at ourselves and we say, nah, you're worth it. You know what I mean? And for us that's music and it only makes sense that for someone that is as creative as you and has had so much history with music and has an emotional connection with music like you do like it makes sense that you'd feel this way too you know and i'm so glad that we can connect on that it's uh Mm. it's it's kind of bringing a tear to my eyes i'm just gonna (laughs) take a break for a second (laughs) very emotional these days Uh, maybe i'm pregnant Um, yeah maybe (laughs) um (laughs) <laughs> yeah. No, I, yeah, I wonder if you'll cool. feel this way about your baby too. Yeah, I was just thinking that. I was like, "Holy shit!" Like if that's how I feel about like the sounds that I'm making. Imagine like I don't know, man, mm-hmm. creating a whole fucking person, <laughs> uh, and I don't even know. I don't. This is the thing. Like I'm so excited because I'm like, who the fuck is she? Like who mm. is she? I don't know. You know, like I think, um, like I'm very. I guess like I I reflect on like my parents and I think like a lot of maybe our our generation parents maybe like had a lot of like expectations on like what you should do or like who you should be or who you will be because of your context in the family. Mm -hmm. Whereas like 
I'm so excited for this person to just be whoever they are. Mm. Like I don't know who they are and I'm not going to like I'll do my I'll do my best to not like prescribe any bit of who they are at all. Like I just want to foster whatever is in them. Yes. Um so I think yeah, I'm so excited about that. Like I know that it's going to be hectic like becoming a mom. Like I know it's just going to be so crazy, but like I think that's that's why I made a decision to have a baby is because I was really just feeling like I wanted to like nurture someone's whole self mm. from, I don't know, mm-hmm. like from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know, that's just how I was feeling. I wasn't like, oh, my God, babies are cute. <laughs> I was just like, I was like, oh, my God, I need, like I don't know, I was just feeling like I just wanted to foster like a being and whether whether I relate to that person or not, like who knows, they could be like into the complete opposite shit uh, than me and we might not ever see eye to eye and that's okay. Like I'm just up for the challenge. I just want to see the fullness of who they are. This is fucked up. I think we're going to be really good <laughs> friends because this is exactly also why I want kids as well. I totally fucking feel you on everything that you're saying right now. Like, um, yeah, I, I always said to my friends, like, um, if my kid grows up a jock, <laughs> I won't know what the fuck to do with that, mm. but I will support him or her or them every step of the fucking way. Yeah, because I want them to see ex- how cool life really can be. Like exactly, like th- this 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 nurturing of the self because we never really had that. I suppose growing up, like we couldn't really just be ourselves from the get go. Like. Mm. It's a big driver. It's a big inspiration. I feel like you're going to be a cool mum because if you go into it with that mindset. And if you go into it with like this kindness and this love and this passion for life that you have right now, then I don't know. Like I'm not telling you how to be a mum because I don't know how to be a mum. Yeah. <laughs> but no. Yeah. No, I don't think anybody does. I think you. I think you're gonna get it down pretty good from the get go. Oh, thank that's you. my opinion. Yeah, that's cool. I'm interested in what you just said about like how we grew up with that. Mm. Like I'm. I'm wondering what your experience is with that because I don't know. I'm getting a sense that. Uh, maybe I don't know. Yeah. Like there's an a certain upbringing oh, that yeah. may be similar. No, I I, yeah. I, I unfortunately and unfortunately um, wasn't brought up in church, but I, I just wish I was at church for the music, right? But um, <laughs> <laughs> I really do. I love no. gospel music. In my in my opinion, it's really <laughs> great. Um, that's because I haven't listened to it like every fucking week. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, it's the classic sort of you know child of an immigrant family, um, Mm. especially in an Asian family that, uh, you know, I'd be told from the get-go every day, like, you have to work 200% harder and perform a thousand times better than everybody else if you want to be considered equal. Mm. Um, Then, you know, I'd get into music very much like you, but um, instead my creativity was not nurtured or encouraged. It was my intelligence that was. And so, yeah. You know, they, when I talked to my dad about um, at the end of high school, I was like, "Oh, you know, I want to go and play in bands." And he was like, "Jay, I would let you go and be a musician, but you're kind of shit." Oh my god! I was like, oh, my heart has never been more broken in my entire oh, no. life. That was that was. Destroying of my self-esteem. But um, I I understand why he did it. And it's because, you know, parents have a concern, especially immigrant parents, about like, you know, what's the proper path to like a Mm. secure lifestyle in the future and all that. And and so, you know, I went ahead and continued with university, like went, became a fucking lawyer. And um, yeah, I hope my boss doesn't hear this. And um, (laughs) all throughout, very much like you, like... um, I just always have been creating. I've always wanted to create. There's been plenty of times where I try to kick music out of my life, plenty of times, and it would just always come back. Mm. It was like um, it was like I couldn't keep it away because I sort of knew deep in my heart of hearts that this was what I want to do. You know? Yeah, I feel you. But you're living the life. You're doing <laughs> yeah. it. You know? Yeah, That's but I definitely I relate a lot to yeah what you just said as well. Um, my dad didn't say that specifically, but um. When I told my dad that I wanted to be a graphic designer, 
like both of my parents, like they were like so against it. Um, yeah, they yeah. they were like, um, you're too intelligent to, you know, throw your life away and do something like that. Like mm. people that do that, like they're not using their brains. Like it's just a bullshit profession, whatever. Um, and they were really unsupportive of it. And like I went to like unis by myself. Like I just like had to like find um, – find out about like what I was going to do on my own because I mm. just really didn't feel a lot of support. But I remember that moment like I remember I was so excited because I was like I found something that like it's it's naturally me. I've always been doing this and I can do a job that is that kind of has that in it too and this would make you proud because I want to work hard at it, right? Mm-hmm. And then hearing that that it was like a huge mistake and they're not into it, they don't support it and like all of that. It just really um, crushed me and, yeah, I I think, I don't know. I know that they don't, now that that I've been doing it for a while, they're super proud of me and, um, you know, I I don't know. I I don't want to be like speaking bad about my parents. Yeah. But, you know, like I think they they just wanted me to have the best possible life. They wanted me to have the best possible job. You know, they had always tried to um, get me to – work as hard as I can at school and like get all the best grades because again like what you said is just you know just to have the same opportunities like you know my grandpa worked in a warehouse like in South Africa um away from his family in Mauritius um for years to save up so that you know he could bring his daughters to Australia so they could have a good education so when I think about like my family lineage it's to get a good education to get a good job you know like and I feel like somehow like that's just uh, I'm in debt to that like I can't disrespect that I can't disregard that but I also want to be true to me and the opportunity that I do have in this country which is to be a bit more free like that's also what they would have he would have worked for even if he didn't really know it then see see that's what I think you had it tougher because you had not only the immigrant guilt but also the Christian guilt you know, like mm, both of those yeah. are so heavy when it comes to like mm. not only uh, being indebted to your parents who like worked really hard to give you the opportunities, but also God, because you have to be doing the right thing constantly all the time. And mm-hmm. if your parents were that connected to the church, I can only assume that they told you that the right thing to do under God's eyes was to listen to them. Yeah. yeah. Soon you're going to be a mother. That's empowering, isn't it? Stoked. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Um, well, Vessa. I feel like I've been keeping you too long here uh, because <laughs> we are. We I'm really keen to get into this mix here, uh, and I do want to show to the world exactly what your pent up pregnancy emotions have gotten you to make, <laughs> and I'm very keen on that right now. Uh, I, I hope you've had fun. Yeah, this has been awesome. I've loved, um, yeah, talking shit with you. It's nice. <laughs> it's good. Hey, it's good. I feel. I feel like it's been a good time. Yeah, we really get each other. I feel. I feel mm. like this has been a very nice conversation. Um, we get it. Yes, all the best with your pregnancy and I can only wish the best um, for your baby girl um, when she's born and for Daniel as well when he realises that he's holding a literal uh, life that came from you and him in his arms. Uh, it's going to be a magical moment. It's going to be great. So sick. You're going to be. Yeah, I can't wait. You're going to be great. Uh, <laughs> Thank you so much. No worries. Excellent, folks. Thank you so much. Once again, you've been listening to Spinning Around with Hailey Minogue on Area 3000 playing Vessa right now.